Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to come on here before I get into today's episode with Courtney and I because I have some exciting news. I have officially launched my second podcast. Yes, I am so excited about this. I have been wanting to do this for a while, but for me, I really just wanted a podcast that can be dedicated to all things astrology. I want to keep this podcast, Thoughts That Manifest, really connected to inner healing, personal growth mindset and chats with Courtney. And on the new podcast, it's going to be dedicated to all things astrology. It's called Cosmic Chats Astrology Unveiled. It is on Spotify and Apple. And things that I'm going to be sharing on this podcast consist of monthly and weekly astrology forecast updates where I go in depth into what you can expect with the current energy and how it will be affecting your life based on your rising sign, of course, general messages, but you know, you know what I mean. And then I'm also going to be having interviews with listeners where we look at their natal chart and then we kind of talk about how their life experiences reflect their natal chart and vice versa. So that's really interesting and fun as well. And I've loved connecting with all of you. I have already shared a few of the interviews on here. The rest of the interviews will be shared on my new podcast. So that's really exciting. I'm also gonna be sharing full moon, new moon episodes over there, as well as different episodes connected to helping you learn how to use astrology for personal growth and self-discovery and healing. So that's awesome, as well as how to use astrology when it comes to parenting and how to understand your child's needs. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just really fired up about this. I'm so excited and I cannot believe that I finally found the time to put this together and get it launched. So if you have the chance to go check out and listen to my new podcast, subscribe and leave a rating over there, that would mean the world to me. I'm actually doing a giveaway right now where if you go onto Apple Podcasts and you leave a written review and you take a screenshot and you send it to me on Instagram at E-L-L-D-U-C-L-O-S, This will enter you for a chance to just win a free reading with me from one of my readings. I have tons of options to choose from, from synastry readings to natal chart readings and transit readings. So yeah, if you want to book a reading with me for free, go ahead and enter to win by doing that. And you can cast an additional entry by rating my new podcast over on Spotify as well. So just send me a screenshot that you rated it over there as well. And that will add an additional entry to win. And I will be selecting a winner at random every other week. So yeah, that's really fun. I cannot wait to connect with you guys more. And thank you so, so much for all the love and support that you have shown me over on Instagram and just in general. I have loved speaking with you guys one-on-one. It has been so fun and I cannot wait to continue to do so in the new year. So let's dive into today's episode. 
Thank you guys again. Sending you all my love. and welcome back to another episode. I am back today with Courtney and it has been a hot minute but I'm so excited to be back here today with her and we are recording another episode for you all about guilting yourself and things that we guilt ourselves for that we really shouldn't and things that we guilt ourselves for that is normal. So yeah I'm really excited to talk about this topic. How are you today Courtney? I'm good. Good, 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 good. She has her beautiful Christmas tree in the background, and I just love it. Here's a hot, a hot take. Do you guys like colored lights or white lights? Mm. Like, like us, like, like me and Trevor, or are we asking the listeners, or both? Both. Well, clearly you like colored. The reason why so, I say that is you have colored behind you. <laughs> you would think that. So this is actually Trevor's tree. It's always the guys that like the colored. I swear to God, he loves colored lights. That's yeah, how Josh is, and I'm like, I like white lights. I like the white lights because I feel like it's easier to accent like your ornaments mm. around the white lights. So like our main tree in the living room will have white lights. This tree has colored lights, and then the ones the trees in our I sound ridiculous. The trees in our bedroom are white lights. They got all these these trees. Um, I love it. Embrace the holiday yeah. spirit. No, because um, the thing about the colored lights is that I forgot it reminds how happy me. the colored lights make you feel. Yeah, and it reminds me of childhood. Like, it's nostalgic. Like, it reminds me of going to my grandmother's house for Christmas Eve. It reminds me of, like, the sad friendly Christmas parties. Yeah. Christmas Eve, having that same family tradition that they're restarting this year because when COVID happened, they stopped doing it until this year. This will be the first year that they do it again. Oh, Wow. I love but that. My grandfather and my great aunts are in their 80s. Mm. So they're doing a lunch instead of like a dinner. <laughs> instead of a dinner all night party type of thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, might as well just get right into today's topic. So we are talking about ways that we guilt ourselves and I guess kind of going over why we do and why we should not. So... The first one that I think many of us can relate to is guilting and shaming yourself for taking a break, Mm. for resting, for prioritizing your rest. Yeah, because there's such a mentality of like, oh, if you're resting, someone else is achieving like what you want to aspire to be. Or like if you're resting, then you're then you're you must be lazy. Like I think that thought pattern has been burned into us. And it creates this pattern where you end up burnt out, mm-hmm. like permanently burnt out and emotionally exhausted because you never rest. And and when and you're not able to fully rest because even when you're resting, you're like, oh, I have like X, Y, and Z to do. Yes. So fully like you're you're not restoring. And it's so funny because I was thinking about this the other day. And so I used to struggle with this, especially when I did not enjoy what I did. But what was so weird the other day was that I was feeling so lit up and so inspired that I started guilting myself for not wanting to rest. I was like, oh, I'm really not prioritizing my rest. 
Yeah, it was like the opposite. It was so interesting because I was really enjoying what I was doing. And I was like, you know, if I didn't have to sleep right now, I wouldn't. (laughs) Then don't, man. Which is crazy. But no, I had to because I was definitely exhausted. But I was still so inspired and having so much fun, you know, planning out content ideas and doing work for my clients. I don't know. I just, I feel very grateful to enjoy what I actually do. Here's another thing, guilting yourself for not enjoying your job. How about that one? Oh, that's another thing. Cause I love you. And I don't mean this towards you. Cause I think that you're a different scenario, but a lot of people are like, we're like, well, if you, if you're passionate about what you do, then you never work a day in your life. And it's like, you could work your passion and some days still have hard days at work and yeah, still hate exactly. work that day or hate work for a week or hate work yeah. for a month or not get along with your coworkers. So even though you like what you're doing, you don't, don't like your job because you don't like your coworkers or your boss. Speak it's it, like, girl. Speak it. You're right. It's like, so, true. so you don't need to feel guilty that like not every day you're so su- and you actually you have experienced this because there's times where you work for yourself and you're like I chose this because I like it but I'm not inspired and then yes. you're guilty you feel guilty because you're like well I chose this job because it it was like what I wanted to do but I'm not even enjoying it mm-hmm. yeah and I think that happened with every job Yes, exactly. There is going to be moments where you're going to really enjoy your job. And then there's going to be moments where you're not inspired at all. And you really can't stand your job. And all you want to do is do nothing. I actually just came out of that season, which is why I'm feeling really grateful to be so inspired right now, because I wasn't like all last year, all this year, like I was struggling really hard to find my creativity. And I was very much creatively blocked. So yeah, we all have those moments where we're just like, Uh, like I'm not feeling fulfilled or lit up by my job and that's okay because that is normal you know it's something that I awkwardly guilt myself for that's I don't know if it's like full guilt or just like with a little bit of guilt is sharing too much with people I don't know that well Mm. yeah like opening up too much mm -hmm, because I'm like oh after the interaction is done thinking like oh I should have been like more guarded you know what I mean like I should have played my cards closer to my chest or whatever however they say this but like just thinking like or or thinking well I don't know this person well enough I shouldn't have shared so much Mm, is it so is it like a, a trust thing or is it a you're afraid that you said too much and now they're judging you it's a combination like I was telling someone at work the other day about CRNA stuff and I like just kind of spilled like a bunch of things I like shared like when I was gonna apply and what schools I wanted to go to and like all my history leading up to this point and like what my plans for you know I just shared a lot of things and Trevor was like that person is probably the worst person to tell because they're gonna go and tell everyone else and I was at first I was like well, why did you make me feel now I feel awkward and like guilty I was like but also like I don't care go tell everyone it doesn't matter like it really doesn't change what I'm gonna do I'm still gonna do the same thing yeah I don't need to feel guilty about <laughs> yeah no definitely I don't think you should feel guilty at all either and I mean I've definitely felt that way many times before too, where I think it was like a whole thing of, did I open up too much where now it's, it feels like I'm trauma dumping on them or something. And now they're judging me for like saying too much and, or thinking like, was that my ego that came in? Mm, yeah. So, so it is, that's, that's hard that's to just sneak up a <laughs> Yeah. 
that's hard to navigate, which is why I really enjoy my podcast because I feel like I can just talk, right? And we can just come on here and we can talk about our feelings and our emotions and spill our guts and people who care will listen and people who don't care won't listen. And that's totally fine. They can be like, it's fine. Move on. Exactly. It's very therapeutic, but maybe that's also me realizing that I do need to go back to therapy to be able to share like how I'm really feeling with like a therapist to help me work through it a little bit more. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. There's, there's always a need for a good therapist. Right. Exactly. But here's one where we guilt and shame ourselves when we make mistakes. Ooh, that's a rough one. Mm. I feel like that's like super conditioned into us because as a society, I feel like even kids now are still struggling with it, even with this the narration changing or people trying to change the verbiage they use around the idea and concept of fail and failure and changing that to like, you're never failing, you're always learning. But especially when we were growing up, I feel like that was less of a conversation and it was just like, well, you didn't do it right, so you need to do it again and again and again. And that concept, you hear it repeated all the time by athletes and famous people where they're where they're talking about how they got successful and they're like, well, I just didn't do it right, so I just did it again and again and again and again. There's that combination too of them basically never accepting defeat, but mm. also they're just doing it to the point where like, are you even enjoying it anymore? That's true too. That's a, that's a good point. It's like, when do you get to the the point where you're just accepting that maybe this isn't for you? Hmm. That's interesting. I remember as a kid, this is very like MG of me. So anybody who's into human design, I'm a manifesting generator. So I tend to start things, but then not finish them. Or I tend to do things. And then all of a sudden I change my mind and don't want to do them anymore. So hmm. I did this a lot with like sports, right? Field hockey, cheerleading, cheerleading, dancing, soccer. Like these were all things that I've tried. Oh, I I remember your little soccer picture. You were so cute. Yeah, it was just like these really like brief moments in my life of like things that I tried out. And then all of a sudden I got bored of them. I didn't want to do them anymore. But I also struggled with feeling like I couldn't do them well enough. And I hated feeling that way. It used to embarrass me. Yeah, I used to feel the same way. Like, although I did cheerleading for like a really long time, the atmosphere, I think a lot of the time in all sports, but especially in cheerleading, like the teammates, the coach, a lot of coaches, again, it wasn't this concept of like, oh, if you keep practicing and we keep working on this, like you can get there. It was more of like, I can't believe you haven't gotten this yet. You suck. Get out of my face. And so it creates this dynamic where you guilt yourself because you feel like it's your problem and like something you're doing wrong that you're not performing at a top level. Mm -hmm. And really it's like, maybe you haven't found your thing. Maybe that's not your thing. Yeah. Or maybe you just need to give it a chance and the people who are around you need to be spoken to about the way that they're conducting themselves. I think as a coach, you hold a really powerful position in a lot of young people's developing minds and emotions and If you're spending a significant amount of time with a young person, you are molding them like a parent would. And it's really important that you watch the language and even like the emotions that you carry when you when you teach them things. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Coaches have a huge impact on the development of children. And there are some coaches out there, I think, who are unaware of this concept and they can (laughs) or they don't care. Or they don't care. Yeah. And they can be brutal. I had a high school coach 
literally like have me practice a stunt group in high school. And in the middle of the stunt, like physically body checked me out of the way and told me I wasn't doing it right and took my position and was like, that's how you do it. Yeah, there's just there's ways to go about. It's like you don't even know what's going on in my home life. You know what I mean? You don't know what's going on in these kids home lives. Like there was I had to get like special accommodations to do sports because we didn't have money. And then when I wanted to do sports past a certain point, once I was working, I was paying my own money to do these sports because we didn't have money. And it's like, you don't know the dynamic of these kids. Like, what if these kids are getting special dyna- uh, accommodations to do these sports? What if they are not getting enough food at home or enough sleep or they're being abused, like mm-hmm. physically or emotionally? You don't know. Yeah. It should be more of an environment, I think, for nurturing. But yeah, it just... Yeah, I can <laughs> agree more. I think, you know, I'm sure a lot of coaches themselves struggle in some way with perfectionism and feeling like they want to win. Yeah, they have to be the best, very competitive energy, which is understandable because I mean, sports are competitive. But at what point do we check ourselves and be like, okay, yeah, we can be competitive, but we can also have a healthy competitive nature. Right. What's more important to win competitions or raise good people. Yeah, right? Because you can help so much through like comp like healthy competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like- and if you're raising the right if you're if you're doing it for the right reasons and you're teaching the kids to do it for the right reasons and they're having fun, is it is it really supposed to be completely about winning or is it supposed to be about them learning discipline and responsibility and teamwork and to strive for something you know what I mean like you have to I love that no I love that be careful absolutely I could not agree more so this is something that I've been guilting myself about lately I don't know if you could personally relate to this but maybe in a different way but for me I've noticed that I've been guilting myself a lot when navigating my emotions, when it comes to celebrating my friend's pregnancies while I'm still struggling to conceive. Hmm. That has been so interesting to navigate, complex, because part of me is like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. I am so grateful that you're not, you know, having to struggle and that you were able to conceive. And now I'm going to be an auntie to this beautiful baby. But at the same time, it triggers this emotion. Yeah, like it triggers this emotion inside of me. I'm now am at my fourth friend this year getting pregnant, which and like these are like close friends. So it's it hits close to home. And it's just I never imagined myself being in this situation where I would have all of these friends getting pregnant while I was struggling to conceive. It's just brought a lot to my attention about myself for sure. And it's also tested my patience, but it's also brought up these emotions that I've never dealt with before that have been really confusing to navigate because in one end, like I said, I'm happy, but in the other end, like I have to admit, am I jealous? Of course. Am I wishing it was me? Definitely. Do I feel sad and angry and frustrated for myself not because of them because it's not their fault but for myself yes at the universe of course like it's been so hard to navigate and then feeling bad that I feel this way and I know that guilting yourself for feeling like you feel guilty about your feelings I could understand like I could understand that basic principle of like feeling guilty for having your feelings Mm -hmm. and also feeling guilty for 
maybe not being as happy as you should for your friends who are like reaching the next milestone that like you're not reaching yet. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I had friends who are like buying a house and their parents are giving them like six figures towards buying their house so they can buy a house that otherwise they wouldn't be able to get. And it kind of sucks in a way because it's like we don't have that parental support and they just got married. So it's kind of like bittersweet, but it's, you know, it's like I have to be happy for them and that they're at that milestone and just know that like whatever is meant for me is going to happen. And I have a very clear vision of something different that I want. And knowing that I told my friend this the other day because I'm not I'm not super religious, but I was like, you know what? God has a plan. I'm just going to like, or the universe, divine, they have a plan. There's a plan coming. I know I'm very specific. I know I wouldn't want to live in a cookie cutter. Everyone has the same exact house kind of neighborhood. So I'm going to be happy for them because they're excited and that's what they want and where they're at right now. And I'm just going to continue on the path that I'm on. And that doesn't, so they just got married. She just got a new car. She got a motorcycle and now they're getting a house. Mm. So it's kind of like all these things are being thrown in their face. Like, look at what they're achieving and look where you're at. It's kind of like we do that comparison of like where everybody else is at and then where we're at. So if other people are ahead in their timeline, we feel like we're behind in ours. But in reality, we're exactly where we're meant to be. Our timelines just look different. Like some people are meant to have a house when they're 25 and other people are meant to have a house when they're 30. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's so easy to shame and guilt ourselves feeling like we're behind in life. Yeah. And then combating like and navigating that with also trying to be happy and be supportive as a friend. Mm-hmm. It can be hard. really confusing. It is really confusing because it's kind of like, and this goes back to the concept that I, I really strongly believe in, which is relationships are our mirrors. So yeah, every time a friend gets pregnant, it triggers me and I have to work through that because I have to remind myself that, you know, your turn is coming. It's okay that it's not right now. And just mm-hmm. because it's not right now doesn't mean it's never, which I mean, sometimes that's hard to navigate with infertility because maybe it is never, but who knows, you know what I mean? Right. But holding on to hope and faith in my mind, which is something that I've been struggling with these days, but believing that there is plan, you know, outside of yourself. I think another hard thing that was a good point that you brought up is feeling guilty for having your feelings. Mm -hmm. I had a really strong, I wouldn't say it was like a a full panic attack. It wasn't a panic attack. I would say it was like close to an emotional breakdown. I actually didn't tell you about it. I just, I forgot that it happened, but it was with Trevor And he got really mad, but he wasn't like yelling, but I knew he was mad. And I was really upset because he was really mad and I wanted to spend time together. And I had gotten really mad right before that. And we hadn't seen each other because he was gone. So we finally came together. We were going to have like Chinese food and watch a movie. We had to go get the Chinese food and we get, I got mad. And then he got mad that I got mad. And then it's like, I told him, I was like, I feel guilty for having my feelings and then ruining our time together and then I feel guilty for sharing with you how I actually got that mad because it's re like after we cooled off we we were talking and I was like because now me telling you again so we can kind of communicate more you are getting emotionally into it again and now you're getting mad again all over again just talking about how things played out and how 
And I was like, and so now I feel guilty, feel like I shouldn't express myself because I make the problem worse. And that, and he was like, no, that's not how. He's like, even if I'm passionate, he's like, I'm never too upset to hear how you feel. I don't want you to feel like you can't talk about how you feel. And I think, again, like we've talked about this so many times. How many times could we hammer at home? But childhood traumas convince us that our feelings are invalid or they don't matter or that, you know, we have parents who are emotionally unstable. So we think we're in a safe place where we could share as kids and we do and we get met with emotional trauma or physical trauma and so we physically feel unsafe and it was to the point Lauren where I was like hyperventilating and crying and he wasn't even yelling and I was like I physically feel unsafe Mm. (laughs) and I just I just like let everything that had been building like almost my whole life and then I was like I feel guilty that you married someone who's damaged Oh, so like now you're damaged. I'm damaged now goods. You're talking yourself down now. Mm-hmm. That is not and healthy. He was like, we're both messed up. It's just that we're trying to work on it. No, you know what it is? It's it's your inner child's coming out in those moments. It's those those inner childs that need healing coming out. It's those versions of yourselves that you use to protect yourselves as kids coming out and those Mm -hmm. habits and those defensive mechanisms that you had as children who didn't feel safe. I think one thing that I didn't think about right afterwards and I wasn't thinking in the moment is the, and this is going to sound really lame and really stupid, but the gift of actually being with someone where like being in your presence or being in Trevor's presence and feeling comfortable enough to be that honest and that vulnerable emotionally and know ultimately I know I'm safe and that's why all of that all all of the stuff that I've been holding in since I was like a kid comes out because ultimately I know I'm okay and the person that I'm with does love me enough to just listen and be there versus you know when you are a kid and you don't have that opportunity so I think that's a good way to look at it now that it's been like a month since it happened. Oh my gosh, it's been a month? It's been a while, maybe like two, three weeks. I don't know how long. My time is all distorted from this my is, sleep. This is true. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a while since it happened. But just the gift of being able to be with someone that, you know, is present enough that can be there for you and support you to open up to get to that point because not everybody gets that opportunity either no yeah no I think that's beautiful to be able to feel safe to open up and I definitely feel that way with you and with Josh and with some of my other friends as well and I think that's so so important to have those connections in your life nothing is worse than feeling judged when you open up and share your feelings sometimes I feel like too it would be easy to probably from your perspective probably feel like because you've been struggling for a while with like infertility that whenever you're met with a difficult emotion about it or you're feeling really tough that day about that situation not wanting to share with anyone anymore because you're like they've already heard everything that I have to say and everything that I'm going through and it's like almost thinking that you're trauma dumping on somebody but there's a difference I think between being someone who just constantly takes from a relationship and someone who's giving and taking Mm, 
Yeah, that's a great way to put it as well, because yeah, I have opened up about the struggles before. And then part of me is like, oh, I don't want to like open up about this again, because I already have in the past. And now I feel like I'm oversharing about it. And it's probably coming across as annoying. And it's like, you're already keep talking about those intrusive thoughts. Yeah, exactly. And then I get in my own head. And I'm like, nobody wants to hear me talk about this anymore. Like, get over it, Lauren. yeah it's it's that shame that guilt of having of having those feelings and you know it's funny too because a lot of the pregnancies are happening in this friend group that I have and I find that like I'm always getting triggered within a friend group situation oh yeah it's always a constant and I don't know what it is I don't know if it's like I have this now that I think about it if I think back to my my childhood experiences and being in middle school and having a group of friends, I always kind of felt like the one that was always pushed to the side. Or like if we go to a lunch table and there's not enough room for everybody. You're booted out. I would be like the one that would have to like go sit at a different table. That's me. That's me. Yeah, that's how it felt. And so I think you're the first one they're going to toss away. Yeah, I have this rejection wound. No wonder why we're bonded so hard to each other. Right? (laughs) So there's this rejection wound, which you can relate to. And so now, as all of them are getting pregnant, and I'm not saying like that they're all part of the same group as like middle school. But what I'm saying is in a group context, I'm always... Yeah, like a construct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always feeling kind of like the outsider. And... So now as they're all getting pregnant and they're all bonding over pregnancy, it's kind of like isolating because everybody in that group has so far been able to conceive and I haven't. So I feel very, I don't know, isolated, I guess, rejected, isolated, whatever. And it's not their fault. It's not anything to do with them because they're just starting families because we're freaking 30 and that's what people do. Yeah. And how I'm dare they go here, like, social norms? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, well, and here's another good point. Guilting yourself for not following society norms. Mm -hmm. Because I've definitely felt that way for a while. People, like the second I got married, people are like, when when are you having kids? And it was like, it got to a point where so many people had said that to me that like, at one point I bit like a stranger's head off and was like, I just got married. Why do I need to have children? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, is that all I'm good for? <laughs> like, is that all I'm good for? Like, is to produce kids? Yeah, not everybody is gonna dream of having a child, and there, there's nothing wrong with that, right? And not everybody's yeah. gonna dream of going to college. That was what I struggled with. People mm-hmm. looking down at me for not wanting to continue college. Not everybody's gonna want to buy a home right away. People are going to live in apartments and they're going to be completely content with that. So what the hell's wrong with that? Nothing. What are you trying to say about apartments, Lauren? No, I'm no, just I'm trying just to think of like these <laughs> Even for example, having a traditional wedding, that's huge. And oh, you invite yeah. everybody, but then not everybody's going to want that. Some people are going to want to elope or some people are going to want to have a very small intimate wedding. There's so many forms. If I'm totally honest, I would have loved to have a big wedding, but I didn't have, I didn't have, we didn't have the money and we didn't have anyone in our immediate family who had the money to put up to have a traditional wedding. So even guilting yourself about money, it's a good one. Guilting yourself about where your finances are when you're a young adult. That's a huge one because I was, I felt guilty that I couldn't invite 
certain people to my wedding because I had to put, I literally had to physically put a cap on it because I couldn't afford to have anything bigger. And I probably couldn't have, I probably shouldn't have had the wedding that I did have, to be honest. I probably should have had a backyard hoot nanny <laughs> with a hundred dollar David's bridal dress, but I refused. And so I'm still paying for it now. <laughs> but how many people do that? Yeah. And you jumpstart your life and you're behind. Yeah. Because you were trying to keep up with people who have resources or have opportunities that you don't have. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to guilt yourself that you don't have those same opportunities or resources. They're just different. Exactly. A freaking men could not agree more. And I got into a lot of freaking debt in my early 20s, which I'm actually going to record an episode because. I'm turning 30 on December 13th, which is insane. Happy 30th birthday. Yeah, you know, so I'm really excited because Courtney's coming to visit me. I'm so excited to come. Yeah, so I'm going to do an episode talking, retracing everything I went through in my 20s and what it's taught me. So stay tuned to that fun little episode. That's going to be exciting. That's going to be interesting. 20s. I learned so freaking so much in this past decade. So much. Yeah, I don't want to speak like I'm like the guru of turning 30, but there's like a lot of, honestly, when I turned 30 and it's sad, again, this sounds really lame, but like when I turned 30, I felt like a lot of pressure came off my chest in the way of like, I don't care what people think about me. I don't need to be accepted in every room I walk in. I don't give a shit if you don't like me. I really don't care. I'm, and I'm not going to pretend to be someone I'm not so people like me anymore. I'm 30. I'm going to like die in like another 40 or 50 years. And that's almost as old as I am. And I'm not playing these games anymore. And so you get to a point where you're like, I just don't give a shit. Right. I'm going to hold you to at least 60 more years. Okay. We're living at 90 at least. (laughs) I better be with it or you can like take me out back. (laughs) horse. Oh my God. Put me out of my misery. I don't want to be like out of it. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, but I totally hear you. This is, I mean, as I'm approaching that 30 milestone, I'm just like, this is so weird because I don't know if anybody can relate, but to be honest, what'd you say? I feel like turning 30 as a female, I found it very empowering. Yeah. No, that's what I, I do feel very empowered about it. But does anybody else feel like they're younger than they really are in their mind? Like mentally, I feel younger. Oh, yeah. I still feel like I'm 24. Trevor and I all day today, all we did was horse around with each other. Like we spent the day together, but we've been like poking. We've done nothing all day except laugh and do some dumb stuff all day. And I was like, to be honest, I think sometimes when you have kids, you get in this mindset of like role model parent, role model parent, and you forget to like being fun a great way to role model. Let's just say that. Being fun with your partner still in front of your kid is a great way to like be. And I think we've, yeah, we forget that. There's a thing I watched about the psychology of children and how to get them to do stuff without like berating them basically or nagging at them. And there was this mom who was like doing a funny dance and she was like, oh yeah, uh uh-huh. You got this girl. You put that, you put that away. Yeah, you know where it goes. You guys uh-huh. can't see it right yeah. now, but Courtney yeah. is like dancing. The doing dick. some kind of do- goofy dance, but that's what the mom did. And the girl was laughing and having a fun time with her mom while she's doing, putting the stuff away that she's supposed to do. I love that. No, I think that is so important. It really and is. It was, Life's too it short. Was like the fact that the mom could be playful 
in psych psychologically shows the kid that the parent is present and they're not actually in danger. They're not in trouble to put that thing away. It's just like, that's just how we're going to do this. Like we're going to do it, but it's going to be fun while we do do it. I love that. I like that. I have to watch whatever you watch because that sounds very interesting. <laughs> if I can find it again, I'll send it to you. I yeah, should have sent it to me. you to begin with. Send it to me because I'm very intrigued and now I want to hear it. All right, let's do a few more and then we will wrap this up. So, okay, I know we kind of touched on this already, but I also feel like you can guilt yourself for having different views than everybody around you. Mm -hmm. Like different views, different opinions. Like for a very long time, I felt like a black sheep in my family because I had different beliefs than a lot of my family members. And so I felt kind of isolated in that and guilted myself and was like second guessing myself a lot for like what I believed in or what I enjoyed because I, I was like well this isn't the norm because nobody around me believes the same thing so I must be the weird one I must be the crazy one I kind of felt the same way but in a little bit of a different mentality like I felt guilty for being like a really young adult like in my late I would say like mid to late teenage years and then early 20s to mid 20s. Like I felt really guilty for having the aspirations that I did and wanting to do the things that I wanted to do because my mom kept spreading this narrative in my family that I was conceited and thought I was better than other people to the point where it literally like got permanently embedded in my sister's head. And until I moved away, her and I didn't repair our relationship really. And it was never about like me being ashamed necessarily of where I came from it was just personal goals and aspirations that I had and it was like because they didn't align with what my mom thought I should be doing or the way I should live my life or it was just different from how she was she looked at it as a threat and so her way to control me was to try to manipulate the situation and make it this narrative where like I'm a bad person for wanting the things that I did. Yeah, which is just- So it creates this like guilt and shame where you're like, oh, well, I must be that bad of a person or what I want must be bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, and that's that's awful to have to feel that way from manipulation. And I, I kind of feel like you and your sister were very often like put against one another in different ways. Mm, yeah, and they- it was very tough for her from her perspective as well. And, and I'm glad that her and I can talk about it now, but because I never realized, but they would also more so, I think with my dad, but it was always like, well, Courtney's doing really good in school and she's doing all these things and blah, blah, blah. And she's super smart. My dad would be like, she's going to be a doctor, whatever, which made me feel good. But I never thought during those things happening and me feeling good about him saying those things how it made her feel mm, kind of like put her down for not being able to like really not be passionate about school yeah because that's exactly. that, I, that was the vehicle that I was using to you know to like get there I like school and that just worked out for me exactly but I'm like, like school and she didn't thrive in it so I, yeah. we're different I feel her. I feel her because I I cannot thrive in school either. There's just different ways. I think that's another thing is that everybody learns differently and everybody mm -hmm. needs different environments when it comes to learning, which is why I personally 
don't even know how I feel about public schools in general or school, the school system in general, because I feel like it's not tailored to each individual child's learning needs. Mm, Yeah, like public school in general, honestly, public school in general didn't really do much for me growing up other than give me an escape from home life, Mm -hmm. like the schoolwork itself, because the social act aspect of school, as you know, was awful for me. Of course, yeah. The schoolwork itself was very much like an outlet for me to like hide from things. But it wasn't until I got to college that I really, I felt like I was thriving like socially and a- academically, but it was because, trying to think of it, because it was more creative. There's this learning and teaching style that a lot of in my opinion, good schools use. And unfortunately, I don't see it in a lot of state schools. I see it more in private It wasn't in my college. Right, where they do something called a flipped class. And some people like it and some people don't. I like it because I would rather go home and be like comfortable and be at home and like watch videos and do worksheets and learn some of the stuff at home on my own where it's like quiet and I can vibe on my own. And then when I go to class, we do activities like socially to reinforce whatever we were watching at home. I liked that, but not everybody likes that. So yeah. Yeah. For me, when it comes to learning, I'm very much, I like to teach myself in like a lot of ways. I love flipped class. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I love to teach myself for sure, but I also need hands-on experience. For example, when I was, when I taught myself astrology, a lot of it came from diving into every single person that I knew their charts and seeing how each planet has like played out to some of their life experiences and things like that, which is why I love doing the interviews that I do. But yeah, on the flip side of that, you also need to have accountability and that's hard. Not everybody can handle that. Like every, some people the responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Some people need a teacher to really come in and keep them accountable. And that's what I mean. Like everybody has different needs and preferences. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's like, wouldn't it be nice if there were just, I don't know, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. I was just gonna say we spend a lot of money on bullshit things in this country. There was a thing that I, there was a thing that I posted about, in general, we don't need to get into specifics, but about money that we give in foreign aid and what that dollar amount that we give away in foreign aid could do for the citizens. And that money that we give away is taxpayer dollars. So it's really messed up because it's like you're paying to give foreign aid. What you re- what that money should really be going for is making our communities and our children better places. And it's not. Because, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, um, how can you pour from an empty cup? That's the kind of mentality. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Again, we don't need to get into yeah, specifics about like yeah, every yeah. little thing politically, but I would say that that seems to be a big theme of what may be going wrong in our country as an overall whole. Yeah. We're giving too much away and we're not reinvesting enough, I would say, in our own people and our own communities. And if you're going to fill from a cup, it should be a full cup, not an empty yeah. one. And I know the world is so much more than just like a self-love self-care type of mentality but it Mm -hmm. is so true like we talk about it in ourselves how can you give when you don't have anything to give do you know what my new work badge um like a clip clip is what is it it's a little coffee cup that says you can't fill from an empty cup I love that (laughs) no it's so true though it really is and yeah there is a lot 
that I could say about the way that this country does things. <laughs> uh, who, yeah, it's just too, it's too complex. And there's it's, still so is. much that I need to like learn as well. Like every day I'm learning more and more, or I'm trying to learn more and more about, you know, how to make a positive impact and the policies and all that, because to be quite oh, honest, the government actually works. Cause yeah, a, lot a lot of people, of I think confusing. a lot of people are under the assumption that the president has a lot more power than they do. Oh, see, and I know what, that, they, that they don't. Yeah. But like people who are online who just say like ignorant stuff, like, Oh, the president did this. And so it's led to this. And it's like, maybe they had a small hand in it, but a lot of the things that I learned when I had to go to school here in Texas, which I really like that Texas did, is they made you take Texas government and they made you take United States government. And I had a U.S. government professor who really taught us like the inner workings of how campaigns are funded and where the money comes from and how you can hide who the money comes from for those things and all that and had the loopholes and all those laws and how much power like a president versus like the Senate and the house of representatives really has and the president really doesn't have all that much power yeah he they're more of a person who can like can confirm like checks and balances and then obviously they're the commander-in-chief of the military but they don't have like a ton of it has to go through the house and senate right like on their own yeah yeah and so you have to ask yourself like who are those people what are they doing? You know what I mean? No, nah, the whole entire government is corrupt. And also, look at how old they are. Like, no offense. Oh, it tries to if, if, No offense. But if I can't be a president before I'm 35, I don't think you should be a president past the age of 75. Because if you think about it, their beliefs are probably so outdated. I'm telling you as a nurse. I'm telling you as a nurse, I don't think most people have the executive functioning skills and health to be practicing as a president of the United States at after the age of 75. Not with the health of this country. Yeah. And even the age of 75 is pushing it. Even the age of 70 is pushing it. Like, I want to see some younger leaders, to be honest, because... I, I think JFK was one of the youngest presidents. Just, just so much that's wrong with our government. 40-year-old in there and see what they're really doing. Shake some shit up. <laughs> like I said, I guess they can't, but... It would be nice to see a lot of like senators and stuff, like people who are like 40, 40 years old, like up in there and see if things change. The other thing is wealth class. I think if you're of a certain, and this is going to sound mean and I'm on a side tangent, but I think if you're of a certain wealth class already, you shouldn't be allowed to run for office. I think if your family is generationally wealthy, you obviously don't have the same day-to-day struggles as the average American that you are representing and I don't think that you should be allowed to represent them hey that's a hot take and I mean I I see where you're coming from because it's like how not the majority know how to navigate you're so out of touch when you have that much wealth Mm -hmm. I was watching it was funny because I was watching I don't know why I always say it was funny but it was probably not funny but I was was watching it was interesting it was interesting I was watching this video of Jennifer Lawrence and they had her hooked up to like a lie detector asking her how she tipped. And she basically had to admit that she tipped like shit. And what's interesting is that statistically people who have more money tend to tip shitty because most of them haven't had to be servers at 
one point. Mm-hmm. They don't have the sympathy for the job that those people are doing. So that's what it is. It's like the problem that I think is happening here is that people can't put themselves in other people's shoes. And because they never went through that struggle, they don't think that that struggle matters. They don't think that struggle is important. They can't, even, even, they can't even fathom it. Yeah, they can't even fathom that the struggle is even relevant or even a thing because they haven't been through it. And that's where I've never probably seen anybody be through it. You know what I mean? Like if your world is that insulated, think about it, right? So we're, if you're insulated from people dying on a regular basis versus like some of these third world countries, then you never really know like what capacity like humanity has for evil. Mm -hmm we just don't understand it. Like we're so insulated in the United States where like we don't have regular bombings and stuff like that. So we don't know what it's like. And and it is hard to even fathom what it would be like because we don't have that. But in my mind, I can fathom that it would be freaking devastating and horrible. Yeah. And it breaks my heart seeing innocent children, innocent people just dying because world leaders can't get their shit together. And they have power trips and control issues. I told Trevor, I said, it's such an archaic thought that I was, I think I was referring to the the Russia-Ukraine. I was like, it's such an archaic thought that one person truly believes, oh, this used to be a part of our government land and then it got taken away. But I actually still have claim to it. So I'm going to go in there and I'm going to physically take, reclaim what I think is mine through force through violent force and killing people. And the fact that that still exists now is absolutely ridiculous. How much more good could you do for your citizens, for those citizens, for everyone involved, if you would be willing to just accept that the position is not what you want it to be and take your ego out of it and your, what's the right word? Not bravery, your proudness of of like you're too proud to like accept that like that's not yours and you don't need it and work together to make a bridge between the communities and build something and actually create something more meaningful it's like some of some of the most ridiculous concepts in my mind where like we could be building something so great together as a humanity and then instead we're killing each other over a piece of fucking land yeah it's awful and i know that there's probably so much more to like i said i'm continuously trying to learn and study the history and this is where I struggle like I struggle to feel like I know enough to be able to talk on some of these topics and I don't want to say the wrong thing or come off the wrong way like that's yeah I talk about it in very general terms because I kind of feel the same way like I think from an overall moral understanding I could talk about it but it's very difficult for me to talk about specifics. So it's very difficult for me to talk specifically about like Ukraine and Russia Mm -hmm. or Israel and Palestine or any of those things but I can say at the very least killing another human being is wrong exactly 100 for reason 100% and I could not agree more and it really does feel heavy the world mm-hmm. right now it's sad and I wish that there was more that I could do and that's something else that I struggle with guilting myself feeling like oh, I yeah. could be doing more but they're about fixing like the world and it's like 
we're only one person. Like you have to fit, like you can fix your family. You can fix yourself. You can fix. And even then, can you really fix your family? Like it's not even your responsibility. I mean, I mean, not like your whole family. I mean, oh, like, yeah. like you, like you and Josh, you know what I mean? And then oh. once you have a kid, like you can, you can fix it in in terms of like not controlling it either. Cause I don't want the word fix to get misconstrued. No, yeah, yeah. But you can kind of you know, see the generational scars come up and, and just address them as they come up and try to make that be different. So that like, and hope that like the ripple effect that you have in your own family bleeds out into the community Mm -hmm. and then bleeds out further and further and further. Yeah, I agree. What else are you going to do? No, I agree. And I think all I do know is that I do think it's important to address topics like this while also remembering that every day we're learning and Mm -hmm. growing as an individual. But at the end of the day, I think we all can agree that we are very much for humanity and what's happening is very inhumane. Mm -hmm. I think too, like we've got to, if you have a position where you're really knowledgeable about something, and this is kind of the, the position that I've always held morally I I feel a real duty. If I know, if I actually know something and someone else is really trying to learn about it, I'm not going to condescend them or belittle them or be angry at them because they, they genuinely want to learn. I'm going to genuinely teach them, especially if I know that I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to take that time. I think sometimes we're quick to anger and we want to just say, I can't believe you're not more informed or I can't believe that you don't already know this. And so that again leads back to this concept of people will guilt themselves then for not knowing that. And it causes people to shut down and then you lose your audience. You lose that opportunity to teach someone because now they're feeling guilty that they didn't do it themselves. I love that take because I could not agree more. And I see this in so many different aspects of life, not even just from what's going on in the world, but like also even from when I was learning about astrology and, you know, I'm in all these astrology groups. And if somebody says the wrong thing and, you know, they come off as like, maybe they don't know what they're doing because they're still a new astrologer. People are so quick to jump on them and like act like they're stupid for not knowing the right term or whatever it may be and that pisses me off because yeah that is now creating this energy where this person doesn't feel safe to even learn Mm -hmm. they just feel stupid and now it's going to create this like this self-worth wound or whatever it is and I've experienced it too in the past like when I started my blogging which is why I actually started my boss girl bloggers group that got everything started because I asked a question in a group and I got a very condescending answer. One of my favorite sayings when someone says to me, I have a question, stupid question. And I say, there are no stupid questions. And I love when people say that to me because it it lets me know that this person isn't, this person has taken judgment out of whatever I'm going to say mm-hmm. and lets me know that it's comfortable for me to to ask a question that I'm scared to ask because I'm gonna I feel like I might look dumb yes and I think that's a huge thing that you could do for someone else so in the the concept of thanksgiving and giving and the idea of gratitude that's something you could do that doesn't cost any money for someone else absolutely wow 
I honestly, I love the way that we ended this. I think this is, this was a great chat and a great catch up. And I'm so glad we got to come back on here and record. I'm really looking forward to moving forward. Courtney and I are going to have a lot of content for you guys, especially in the upcoming new year. And we're going to continue chatting about mental health, inner healing, personal growth, mindset, all that good stuff. So yeah, stay tuned. Big things ahead in this new year, and I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. All right, guys, have a wonderful Thanksgiving if you celebrate. And we are so, so grateful for all of our listeners. Thank you so much for the support as always. Love you guys. Until next time. Thank you.